Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your Chief Security Fanatic here, and it is Sunday, so we are doing Breaches of the Week. And as always, I'd like to thank the following people that sent me a lot of this information. That would be Jay Dance, Chris Fallon, Aaron Lax, and Jacqueline Wolf. Guys, thank you so much. And if you have a tip for me, please send it my way. I'll give you a shout out here, and also on my nationally syndicated radio show as well. And with that... No time to lose. A lot of ground to cover this past week has been crazy for data breaches, and we are starting in the country of Chile. Now, their Atacama Large Millimeter Array, which is one of the largest astronomical observatories uh, essentially in the world, was impacted by a cyber attack late last month, but did not affect the observatory's scientific data and antennas, though it did result in restricted email service use and space observation suspensions, according to the record, the publication reporting this. So hopefully the Atacama Large Millimeter Array will be fully back online if it isn't already, and charting those stars as we hope. Now, with that, let's move on and head on over to France, because we are talking about French defense and technology group Thales, and this is an update on that breach I brought you a while ago. Now, they just said this past Friday that data relating uh, basically to them has been released on the publication platform, quote-unquote, of basically the hacker group Lockbit 3.0, essentially confirming uh, media reports prior to this. Now, the data was released on November 10th, and Thales, which provides advanced technologies in defense, aeronautics, space, transport, and uh, digital security, is basically at the center of this. And I quote them, at this stage, Thales is able to confirm that there has been no intrusion of its IT system. But here we go. Since I track data breaches, I went directly to Lockbit's dark web leak site and where I can see all of this information. And sure enough, they have claimed that they have published all of Thales' information available to download for anybody that knows how to get to Lockbit. So obviously that's a huge thing. Thales now admitting that that is a big problem for the defense industry worldwide, not just France. Moving on, let's head on over to Denmark and talk about their train system because according to Danish broadcaster DR, all trains operated by DSB, this is the largest train operating uh, company in the country, came to a standstill this past Saturday morning and could not resume their journey for several hours. Now, this actually was the result of a security incident at Supeo. This is a Danish company that provides enterprise asset management solutions to railway companies, transportation infrastructure operators, and public passenger authorities. Now, Supeo may have been targeted in a ransomware attack. The company has not shared any of that information, but a DSB representative told Reuters it was an economic uh, crime, quote unquote. So there you go. Hopefully the Danish rail system is back online, but if you're traveling in Denmark, heads up to you. The rail may be having some issues, and hopefully they're done with that. Moving on, let's talk about MetaBank down under. This is actually a big update uh, from that huge data breach uh, in Australia because a ransomware group with ties to basically uh, our evil, who no longer exist, uh, began publishing stolen records early Wednesday, including customers' names, birth date, passport numbers, and information on medical claims. Now, this comes after MetaBank's Said that it would not pay the ransom, saying, quote, we believe there's only a limited chance paying a ransom would ensure the return of our customers' data and prevent it from being published. Well, here we are. Now, the cyber criminals selectively separated the first sample of Australian breach victims into quote-unquote naughty and good lists with the former including numerical diagnosis codes that appear to link victims to things like drug addiction, alcohol abuse, 
HIV and other things like that, according to um, basically French press that was reporting on this, where I'm getting this from. So, for example, one of those records carries an entry that is, uh, or a code, I should say, that is F122, which apparently in Australia corresponds with cannabis dependence under the International Classification of Diseases published by the World Health Organization. So apparently that's not just Australia. F122 is probably you're addicted to weed here as well. So that's obviously a huge thing. We're going to see where this goes, but this has been a huge, huge problem for Australia uh, in the last month or two. It's been absolutely rife with cyber attacks. They've really been under, they've really been targeted lately. Absolutely crazy. Moving on though. Let's head on over to Germany and talk about Continental, the automotive giant. You may have some of their tires on your vehicle. Now, the Lockbit ransomware gang has claimed responsibility for a cyber attack against Continental as well. Now, that deadline has passed for releasing the data. So, seeing as how I was on Lockbit's website looking at Thales, I went ahead and looked at Continental. And sure enough, right next to Thales is Continental. They have been published as well. So, heads up to you. If you purchase Continental tires, not from your local distributor, I mean you are the distributor that purchases tires from Continental or anything else Continental sells. Moving on, let's talk about TransUnion. This is the credit reporting bureau, the massive credit reporting bureau, just like Equifax. So this is good news. They are sending letters to customers alerting them to a recent data breach that compromised a wide array of their personal and financial information. So that's awesome. This past Monday... TransUnion reported a data breach with the Massachusetts Attorney General. It is not currently known how many people are caught up in this, but heads up, TransUnion knows absolutely everything about you. If you've ever had a credit card or a car loan or a car lease or a mortgage or paid rent or anything like that or have ever had your credit run, they've got a copy of it, odds are. And here we are. Moving on, let's talk about Hartnell College. They got hit with a ransomware attack. Now, the college did not say what type of personal information was accessed or if the data belonged to students, staff, or both. A third-party investigator looking into this October 2nd ransomware attack confirmed that personal data was present on the affected network, according to college officials. I don't have much more than that, but heads up, if you have anything to do with Hartnell College, you might be in trouble there. Moving on. Let's talk about Apprentice Information Systems out of the state of Arkansas. They basically had a data breach, um, and essentially Apprentice Information Systems offers computer services to more than half of Arkansas's counties, meaning the county governments. This obviously is a supply chain hit, and the first county to report in Arkansas is Owachita County. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Good luck to you, Owachita County, and the other half of the Arkansas counties. Looks like their new governor, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who was recently elected, is going to have her work cut out for her as soon as she takes office. Moving on. Let's talk about the Louisiana Department of Public Safety and Corrections. They are reporting a third-party data breach as well that impacted 85,466 inmates who received off-site medical care during their incarceration between January of 2013 through July of this year, almost a decade. Now, this breach originated at Correct Care. This is a third-party health administrator under contract with the department to basically process medical claims. On July 6th, Correct Care discovered that two file directories containing protected health information, or PHI, were, quote, inadvertently exposed to public internet. I don't have much more of that, but apparently if you've ever been incarcerated in Louisiana between January 2013 through July of this year and had medical care, you may be at some point entitled to compensation. Moving on, let's talk about Salude Family Health, because on November 4th of this year, they reported a data breach to the Montana Attorney General's office after the company learned that an unauthorized party was able to gain access to sensitive employee and patient information 
in their network. Now, according to Salud, the breach resulted in names, social security numbers, driver's license numbers or state IDs, card numbers, financial account information, credit card numbers, passport numbers, medical treatment and diagnosis information, health insurance information, biometric data, usernames and passwords, and on and on and on being compromised. They've sent notice of incident or notice of security incident, I should say, letters to all affected parties. So heads up to you if you use Salud Family Health for all of your family health needs. Moving on. Let's talk about the parent company of Camping World and Good Sam. They are known as CWGS Group because on November 7, they also basically filed uh, with the Massachusetts Attorney General after they confirmed that an unauthorized party was able to access sensitive customer information that was in their possession. Now, according to Camping World, the breach resulted in, we're talking names, dates of birth, social security numbers, driver's license numbers, government IDs, tax IDs, financial account numbers, debit and credit card numbers, digital electronic signatures, and usernames and passwords. Camping World has sent out letters notifying customers as well. So heads up to you, uh, Camping World users and employees as well, given some of that information. It's definitely employees, not just customers. Moving on, let's talk about Hilario Marilao, MD. Apparently, this is a one-individual medical practice, and according to their breach notice, they recently became aware of a data breach incident revolving a break-in of a locked storage cabinet in the locked basement of their office building. Now, they first discovered this on September 6th of this year. Following a minor flood in the basement, they immediately investigated and determined that those account ledgers had been stolen. So, if you were a patient of Dr. Mari Lau between 2010 and 2011, and your last name begins with a letter A through letter M, and you or your child were insured under any line of Medi-Cal or an HMO plan, the stolen ledgers may have contained personal data belonging to you. That is awfully specific. 2010 to 2011, A through M last name, Medi-Cal, so California or HMO, there you go. Now, this data may have included your personally identifiable information, names, address, social security number, health insurance information, your child's name, date of service, and or your child's date of birth. So obviously, we're talking about a pediatric situation here. So heads up to you. Again, patients of Hilario Marilao, MD, out of California. Moving on. Let's talk about United Veterinary Care. You might take your pets to one of their locations because on November 3rd, they reported data breach to the Massachusetts Attorney General's office after they discovered a, a personal consumer information stored on its computer network had been compromised. Now, according to uh, United Veterinary Care, we are talking about uh, certain consumers' names, social security numbers, and financial account information being compromised. They were also sending out letters, but heads up to you if you have anything to do with United Veterinary Care. And finally, and we have two finalies for you, we are first going to talk about Twitter. Now, I recently wrote an article entitled that was literally published, I want to say last Wednesday, Why Twitter Will Die. And quite frankly, I think Elon Musk is uh, proving me right here. But we have to talk about Twitter in breaches of the week. Now, to be clear, I do not know of a data breach, but they are significantly more susceptible to a data breach. And here's what's going on. 
Essentially, Elon Musk's turbulent Twitter takeover is undercutting the platform's defenses while introducing new security risks, and cybersecurity experts fear users and public will soon suffer the consequences. I would be one of those people ringing that bell. Now, between the now-canceled rollout of that new checkmark policy, which I wrote about and I thought was not a good idea, what's stopping an intelligence agency from buying a bazillion accounts for eight bucks a pop and then looking like they're trusted and putting out God knows what. So... Outside of the canceled rollout, um, and basically as well as the uh, exodus of top security staff, which we'll talk about in a second here, Twitter is quickly exposing itself to a deluge of new security risks that could soon uh, basically uh, ramp up in the public sphere. So here we go. Now, this concern is basically Twitter's ability to fend off threats is heading out the door with its basically its top security brass at the exact moment of the new verification program uh, basically is multiplying threats, meaning the security people have left. As soon as they're putting on this verification program, there are less cybersecurity professionals like myself watching the barn that are working for Twitter. Obviously, that's a huge problem. And so this is going to be a, a, just a ginormous issue right from the gate. Now, from users and from users impersonating emergency service providers to spread panic to extortionist stealing and leaking private messages, messages stored on Twitter. It's, quote, staggering to imagine the amount of risk that this platform has opened itself up to. That's according to Rachel Tobach, the chief executive officer of Social Proof Security, obviously a social engineering-focused cybersecurity firm. Now, Twitter's fast becoming the Wild West, according to her. Now, Twitter's top security Officials, including their Chief Information Security Officer, or CISO, Chief Privacy Officer, Chief Compliance Officer, and the Head of Trust and Safety, all resigned this past Thursday, citing the risk of implementing some of Musk's new ideas, aka revenue grabs, like the checkmark policy. And obviously that's a huge problem because they've also got an ongoing Federal Trade Commission probe going on over Twitter as well. I mean, talk about burning $44 billion. I mean, honestly, Musk, you want to do that? Give some of that to me. I'm more than happy to expand my security practices and help you out. Now, all of this turnover is obviously raising serious questions about the company's ability to fend off criminal hackers or intelligence as well. Now, a difficult task, obviously, for any high-profile social media platform and one that Twitter has already been falling short on, according to whistleblowers' uh, complaints. Um, I've, I've talked about uh, Peter Zatko in this whole situation as well. He was their former CISO that got fired. He said, basically, it's a hot mess of security control problems, and this is essentially what Musk is walking into, not to mention the bot issues and all of these things. And I understand the concepts of moving fast and breaking things, but you're just opening up security vulnerabilities left and right. I talked about this in my last article about, you know, regarding why Twitter will die. And I think these are just proving my point here that this is nails in the coffin. So this is obviously a huge, huge problem that we're going to see. Twitter, I think, is honestly going down in flames. Go read my article. I don't think it's necessarily going away, but I think everybody's going to abandon it. And the only one that's going to be left there are essentially the, the people that are the most extreme on either side of the aisle that want to shout at each other and intelligence firms. That's all that's all that's going to happen here is just intelligence agencies and the crazies are all going to be yelling at each other, spewing stuff everywhere. We're all moving to Mastodon or somewhere else. Now, on top of that, we have one more finally for you which actually is an important one, and this is unusual because I've actually talked about this, and I went back in my notes and took a look because I keep all my notes going back years on all of these data breaches. We are talking about Conich 
And this is an unusual update. Now you may not remember them, but something happened this week that I think is kind of eyebrow raising because in an abrupt reversal, this is according to NPR, in an abrupt reversal, Los Angeles County has dismissed charges against their CEO and basically Connage is an election software company and that marks the end of a case of prominent, uh, basically this is the end of a case that prominent election deniers here in the United States were citing as evidence of foul play in American elections. Now, here's what's going on. Eugene Yu, who is the CEO of Connich, they're based out of Michigan, was charged in mid-October with illegally storing the personal information of poll workers on Chinese servers. That's a violation of its contract with L.A. County. So, in other words, L.A. County was using their software. They are basically copying all of the Connich, is copying all of this information, and they are storing it overseas in Chinese servers, meaning the Chinese government gets access to poll worker information. Now, Connage has provided its poll chief software to cities and counties across the country, including, uh, I believe it's Detroit is one of their other big clients. Um, and this includes the $2.9 million contract with Los Angeles County in California. Now, this past Wednesday, as I mentioned, the district attorney's office said that it had moved to dismiss the case. The judge in Los Angeles Superior Court granted this motion without prejudice, meaning they can retry if they want. Now, according to a spokesperson uh, for, for the state, Tiffany uh, Blacknell said in a statement, and I quote, We are concerned about both the pace of the investigation and the potential bias in the presentation investigation of the evidence, end quote. Now, the county did indicate that it has not ruled out refiling charges after reviewing the evidence, saying it would, quote, assemble a new team with significant cybersecurity evidence to determine whether any criminal activity occurred. Now, in October, the district attorney's office acknowledged to NPR, again, where I'm getting this information, that the investigation began after a tip from Greg Phillips. He's a prominent election denier associated with a controversial group known as True the Vote, which basically uh, executive produced and provided the basis for the claims of the widely, uh, at this point, discredited film 2000 Mules. I've actually talked about that one in the past as well. Now, Mr. Phillips said that the group's interest in Connage was spurred in part by information provided by followers of the far-right conspiracy QAnon and suggested that it was part of a, quote, red Chinese communist uprun against the United States, end quote. Now, Connage and you have consistently denied the district attorney's charges, noting true the votes, shady affiliations, and suggesting that xenophobia is a driving force behind this probe. Mr. Yu, if you did, now, did not know, was a Chinese national. He immigrated to the United States from China in the 1980s, became an American citizen in 1997. Now, in September, Connage filed a lawsuit in federal court against True the Vote and alleged that the group had hacked Connage's data, defaming the company with a, quote, xenophobic smear campaign. Now, Yu's arrest and the controversy surrounding Connage, ahead, obviously, of the November midterms, was alarming of basically the few voting offices across the country where this company's software was in use. They were worried about how his arrest would impact confidence it basically, in, in the climate, voter confidence, I should say, in the climate where election security is already a top concern for many, at least the four jurisdictions, at least four jurisdictions, I should say, stop using Connage's software entirely simply by virtue of this. And obviously, we need to have good election security. No data ever of, of the United, of anybody in the United States, I don't care if it's election data or a TikTok user, even though it is happening, should be going to China and whatsoever. And so if it is verifiable that Connage was 
transferring this to Chinese stored servers, that is a huge, huge violation of U.S. privacy, uh, U.S. election laws, and a whole bunch of other things. Because as I've stated multiple times, if you're doing business as a Chinese company and you have information and you have it in China, the Chinese government by law gets access to it. It's a 2017 law. I'm not going to rehash that. So this obviously is a very huge thing. I think by virtue of this and why I want to talk about this is because we see a lot of the, the very conspiracy theory minded people in the world really ramping up, especially here in the United States over election. Now, fortunately, this is a very smooth election. I actually did on Monday my predictions for the Tuesday election. And fortunately, I was wrong on, on a few of those, just given the intel and the chatter I've seen. Everything, everybody was happy that we, you know, we weren't seeing like riots in the streets and all those kinds of things. Obviously, there's still counting going on and everything else. But we want to make sure that we obviously have smooth elections and all of these QAnon type people that were running apparently did not make it, uh, you know, or I should say the vast majority of them did not, which I think is a real rebuke of just the, the whole election fraud claim for most of it. Now, I'm sure I'm going to get people that say, Nick, you're an idiot. It absolutely was stolen. There is going to be that subset of it. Um, you know, per all estimates, it's less than 15 percent of the country now, uh, which is obviously a good thing. So hopefully it's residing. Hopefully that fever is broken. We'll see what's going on. But I'm not one of those obviously election deniers. So with that, those were your breaches of the week. Um, I do have one question for you before I uh, I go off, and, and I want to essentially get your input on this. Now, as you know, I do these every Sunday. Um, I get a lot of positive feed feedback on all of that, but one of the things that I mentioned earlier um, in this video and podcast is that I actually do track, or I should say we do track, uh, you know, dark web gangs, ransomware gangs, and all of that, and I historically do not put out information that says, oh, this company has been breached, and they've got, you know, nine days left to do this, uh, you know, but that said, anybody that knows how to go there can go there and look at this information. So I'm asking you, my followers, my viewers, my listeners, should I be taking those companies and saying, hey, this is unconfirmed, but, you know, ransomware gang X, let's say Lockbit, because I was on Lockbit earlier, says company X has eight days to pay or whatever. Is that something that you would be interested in seeing or just the stuff that's already reported on? Because a lot of these things could be potentially breaking news that I'm reporting for the first time uh, before a lot of these publications. Not that I'm trying to outscoop anybody here. I'm trying to be just honest and fair, but also ethical to those companies that are going through oftentimes some of the worst days of their company life. So I'd love to hear your feedback on that. I think it's an important one. And so here we go. And that is your breaches of the week, possibly a lot longer next week, depending on the feedback and what I get. I'll make a decision by then. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP. And please feel free to subscribe to me at YouTube as well. Ring that bell. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private. Thanks, everybody.